Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss the movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host Rob, and joined as always by my good friends Joe and Duff. Hello, hello. Hello. And we're here on a Wednesday, Heart of the Ocean. Today's Heart of the Ocean is Bridget from the Steerage Group. Welcome, Bridget. Hello. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. <laughs> you you've been a listener not only of this podcast but also of Tombstone Minute. Every single minute. <laughs> uh, some of them twice. Some of them twice. Yeah. Oh yeah. No one should have to do that. <laughs> like, even when I edit it, I'm not ha- even paying that close attention. Twice. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we are on uh, we're on minute one thirty eight tonight. Uh, in, in minute 138, Jack and Cal have a heart-to-heart. Um, so let's jump right in. The minute starts with Jack and Rose, I'm going to say this, awkwardly holding hands? Kind of grabbing onto each other here? Uh, I'm not sure there's a non-awkward way to say goodbye in this instance. Because <laughs> number one, you're sending the woman you love onto a boat and you might die. And on top of that, her fiancé is standing next to you. I'm going to cut old Jack a pass here. That is fair. He does still have that that beautiful bracelet on, which is the uh, handcuff, piece of the handcuff. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys notice how awkward um, the sound of her little, like, sigh was? When she's, like, letting go of his hand, it doesn't... Like, they put that in later, obviously. Oh, yeah, it's a little ADR. so weird, yeah. I mean... It's important here, Bridget, because um, she lets go. She lets go. Yeah, even before we see her let go later on, more famously, on the door. Mm-hmm. A foreshadow. Mm-hmm. And so the boat is lowered, and Rose is looking up at Cal and Jack. And Cal says, you're a good lad. So my question is, does he mean that? That's not what he says. That's not what he says. <laughs> what does he say? He says you're, you're a good, good liar. liar. <laughs> it sounds nothing like lad. Oh my god. Are wow. You... <laughs> Maybe I haven't seen this movie. And I'm convinced you have not seen this movie. <laughs> you're a good lad, Duff. You're a yeah. good lad. Like oh they're having God. some weird father-son so, conversation or something. <laughs> so one of two things happen. Either I've always misheard it or I just wrote my notes incorrectly. Okay, qu- question. Yeah. How, how did your mushy brain reconcile <laughs> the next right. line right. where he says, almost as good as you? Uh, I wrote my notes. He doesn't mean this, right? <laughs> 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 You're, you are killing it this week, oh my Rob. God. Even by Rob standards, just killing it. I was in a rush to take my notes today, and I, I, I don't know why. This is this is one of the best minutes 
and you're just flying through. It's an amazing zany minute. I mean, your, your beloved cow is just amazing. You don't even know what he's saying. Yeah. How now? I'm curious. What? How much? How much of Cal have you misinterpreted this entire movie? <laughs> All right. So uh, Cal says you're a good liar. Uh huh. Yep. And then Jack says almost makes a lot Jack, more sense. There's a guy in the background while she's in the in yeah. the boat that's like just hanging out by the rope. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, I saw that yeah. too. Yeah. I was thinking if it I was kept sort of like what are these guys doing hanging on these ropes? Ropes that don't sink. A few times. Yeah. Are they trying to climb know. up, you think, out of the water, or trying to get into a boat? I Here's what I would do. Okay. I, 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 they're not going to let you onto a boat. Mm-hmm. But when the boat is already on its way down, you can jump onto that rope and climb down onto the boat. And what are they going to do? Bring the right. boat back up? They don't have time. That's true. Mm. What if you crush an infant on that fall? Mm. Well, frowned upon, but... You know, desperate times. And then, yes, we have uh, maybe the most iconic. Yeah, the most iconic, iconic cow line, right? I always win, Jack, one way or another. Yeah, that or a real man makes his own luck. How many times do you think Cal's dad paid off the refs in a game so that he would win? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about what Cal says is he's not wrong, right? Like, rich people do always win. Yeah. One way uh, or another. <laughs> how how much money do you think the Hockleys have spent on hush-up abortions? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Michael Cohen's great-great-grandfather was their, their lawyer. <laughs> they have a whole closet of used hangers. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I think they can just afford to throw them away, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they could probably. I I know they were expensive back then, but they could afford vacuum cleaners. Oh, Jesus. Bridget, thanks for being on. I hope you. Rob, don't (laughs) pretend you're above that. Don't pretend you're above that. All all the notes I have on this minute, not one about abortions. I didn't think it would go there. Well, I'm sorry. It's an important issue for us. (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) apologize. Bridge, before we move on, I know you have a lot of notes, a lot of stuff about Cal. Give, give us something here. Oh, my gosh. I don't know where to start with Cal. Okay. This is this is what I'm going to tell you, though. So <clears throat> I said this to former Heart of the Ocean, Jim. I don't know where his real but... hairline starts either. <laughs> well, yeah, that's something I have to talk about, yeah, too. Start, start at the top, and by that I mean his hair. His hair. <laughs> and it quickly moves to the ridiculous eyebrows. Have you noticed, like how weird those are too he this entire minute and uh, scene just his face is contorting like yeah. he was electrocuted <laughs> it's called it's like his his botox method was just going to a bar and having someone throw darts at his face <laughs> <laughs> so i love wrestling. i love cal though and i love billy zane mm-hmm. when i first saw oh, cal, this movie cal's a great baddie he's he's Incredible, yeah. and when I I first saw this movie, I don't think I knew who Billy Zane was before this. Um, and I remember the entire movie. I never really liked the movie, but the entire movie, I just kept thinking this guy is like the redeeming aspect of the entire film. And I've thought that from the first time I saw it till now. I think he's the best part of the movie. I love him wow. so much. Yeah. Huh. 
as as in you think he is uh explain like you think he's just like an amazing villain or or more he's than an that? amazing villain i just think his character is great i think billy zane though it's just perfect for this role Right, yeah, kind of I agree. like pretty boy evil guy <laughs> who's not actually that tough though right um no not at all he doesn't do anything all. tough yeah no. except like shake a table or whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah shake um, a table that's what we call it when you flip a table you go shake that table a little bit <laughs> um, sounds sounds much nicer yeah i just shake that table I just love i love billy zane in this role i also when i saw this you know i was in the prime audience for it i was like 13 and a half sure and i was very but i'm totally a contrarian so i was like i don't like leonardo dicaprio i don't like titanic blah blah, blah. i was totally into billy zane though and that always stuck with me and then every time billy zane popped up in other places i really wanted to see it because of his role as cal i love it so, so much. you you like the bad boy <laughs> i guess so <laughs> Did, how would you rank this? How what would your zany ranks be? Like, did you go see the Phantom after this came out? We're like, I gotta go rent the Phantom. I didn't. Okay, but here's the thing. So I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not totally. That would be like the a, first time in recorded history that that was uttered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like a crazy Billy Zane fan. That I didn't necessarily like seek anything out. He always, I think you guys said this either on this podcast or Tombstone Minute. Like he just pops up in things, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's Billy Zane. And I get really excited. Um, but I loved, so either right before Titanic or right after, I think it was right after. Yeah, it would have been. Um, he did a made-for-TV movie of Cleopatra. And he oh, played, God. he played. Did he play Mark uh, Antony? Mark Antony. Oh, God. What? I, I, he was born to play that. Totally. And like, so I think I saw Titanic and I'm like, who's this guy? This is amazing. Big crush on Billy Zane. Love the, love the character. And then I love like all the, the ancient Rome stuff. So, you mm-hmm. know, nerdy 14 year old birds. It's like, I got to watch this Cleopatra movie. And then there he is again. Um, also in this awesome role. As awesome as like the TV movie can be. But So, so I'm infamous, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that's better than famous. For talking about how, you know, there's certain parts of this movie that Cal's a bit defensible. What I do you think? think? So too. Absolutely. Yeah. An yeah, ally. I think people. So here, here's my thing. Again, this is probably a little bit of like the contrarian. I just think from the beginning, you were being hit over the head to hate this guy, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, he can't be that bad, right? And <laughs> I don't think he does anything that bad until what? right about now in this minute. Mm. In this minute, he turns evil, but it yeah, kind of makes sense. He just sense shook a table. The, right, shook that <laughs> just, table really just hard. Just called, called his fiance a whore. Framed someone <laughs> well, with a theft did. and then left them to die in the brig. So, yes. We've all not scene, been our best self before, Duff. The scene with the table, not good. But, like, if we could just sort of remove that, <laughs> I don't think, uh, I don't think he's so bad. Bill, I mean, Billy Zane. Your fiance is, like, hanging out with this guy clearly mm-hmm. miserable with you like and and not that this is totally defensible but he has probably been given everything in his life right and now like yeah, yeah. this woman is showing him up sort of right and i think it's understandable that he would get upset about that how old have we um decided cal is i don't know if uh, oh that's like, a good question so I think no, it makes it because really. it makes a difference how old you think he is. Because if he's like yeah. meant to be like any 
this is not convincing at all. But if he's meant to be like nineteen or twenty or whatever, like no. she is, then so it's according, more understandable. But according to James Cameron's Titanic wiki, which I've just found, he was born in uh, he was born in eighteen eighty two. So he'd be so thirty. Thirty. Mm. Yeah. I was okay. gonna say thirty. Yeah, that, I can get that. So, so if you're a 30-year-old white man, they say you're just a young guy. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. If you're white, you're, if you're That's a what white they say. man, you haven't, you have, you're still learning until you're about 45. <laughs> yep. You know, I yep. actually, listening to this podcast and, and thinking about the movie, if I can get a little deeper for a second. Please uh, do it. It actually got me thinking about Cal, right? So I was, I'm totally defending Cal, and I was, I was with you, Rob, and... I was like, but why? I shouldn't be defending him. He's essentially an abusive fiancé, right? This is horrible. Uh, but, you know, you go like, well, is it just the times he's in, right? Mm-hmm. And I started to think, is that defensible? Like, is it okay to have that excuse of he's doing what anyone else in his class in that time would, would do, right? I don't know. Is that excusable or not? <sighs> Right? It's kind of like thing like, oh, yeah, grandpa's a racist, but he grew up in a different <laughs> time. It's okay. But is it? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a, I mean, that's a solid question. I've tried to, like, not, uh, you know, in talking about Cal, discuss in some way at least. But, you know, like, is he kind of going back to, like, in, in from what he his point of view of, not now. Not when he flips a table. I kind of turned on him when he flipped the table. Um, you did not. I did too. Go back. Listen to the minutes. A little bit. You've you've been bit. you've still been defending Cal. He has moments. We're not all good or all bad. <laughs> We're three dimensional characters in the James Cameron screenwriting mm-hmm. world. Oh, I turned on. I I just want everyone knows how I turned on Cal when he flipped the table. Turned into oh he he had his moments. Uh. He shook his table. He shook we've the all table. shaken some tables. Yeah, we've all shaken some <laughs> tables. Cal, Cal would be the guy who, if Titanic was a reality show, would be like, you know, I think it was kind of unfair. They just showed me at my worst. Right. And they, they <laughs> cut I, out all the stuff. I didn't come here to exactly make friends. That's exactly what they're doing. They're like, <laughs> they hit you over the head with, he's bad, 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 bad. There's more to this story. I mean, my point is, and I've said this before, is like when we first meet Rose, she's a terrible, spoiled brat as well. Absolutely. And 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 Cal's not really any worse than her at the beginning. Obviously. So to your, go ahead. To your point, though, about should we judge Cal, Rose, as you've said, is able to grow as a person. Mm-hmm. And Whereas she's like Cal, 11 years younger, too. Yeah, and Cal actually regresses. <laughs> yes, Cal is basically reverted to his violent id by but the maybe, end of this movie. But maybe it's because no matter what, Cal has money there to save him and Rose no longer does. That's a part of her character is is money isn't there for her anymore. Although that's not true because she stays with Cal, I guess it kind of is. Uh, I don't understand right. what you were just trying to say. Wait, what? Well, so so Cal's rich and will always be rich, and like that's not a problem. Where like with Rose's situation, she, you know, her mom and her family is in peril, and the reason this whole marriage is being set up is because her mom doesn't want to become a seamstress and be killed in the Triangle Fire. <laughs> so, um, 
Yes, but what, once again, proving that you've maybe half watched this movie. <laughs> Rose does. Rose does have the heart of the ocean and intentionally does not sell it. But she doesn't know she has a heart of the ocean at this point. I'm talking not, about right now. Not at this point, but like eventually she does. And eventually so like, she becomes a terrible old terrible bag. <laughs> All right. So now my point just, is back. Money is now, bad. Now you're just <laughs> book of bad arguments.com. <laughs> I I just think like Cal is Cal, okay. Cal is for sure the antagonist of this movie. I'm not doubting that. I just think that there's a different situation where maybe if he would have met Jack, he would have become different. Maybe if he would have met Helga. Yeah, that's the thing. Is really loved him, maybe, right? Yeah. yeah. His maybe that's surely it. Surely didn't. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sorry. Cal is not like a like richly drawn. Like it's not Travis Bickle or something. We're like, oh, maybe. Maybe I recognize the deeper whatever, like the the way he's just a product of our the uh, alienating late twentieth century post Vietnam world. Yeah, like Cal's just a jerk. Period. He's hmm. he's meant he's meant to be a jerk. He's meant. I mean, this is melodrama. This is literally melodrama. This is pretty classic melodrama tropes i'm not saying that in a negative way i'm just saying like this is set up as a melodrama we've talked about how jack is the most positive nice manic pixie dream guy rose is uh you know rose is caught in a love triangle and then billy zane as cal is the uh twirling mustache tying the lady to the train tracks villain like it's it's really just that sometimes Mm, a cigar is a cigar I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think I, it starts think, off that way though and I think that's like at the, I think you guys were right in, in previous episodes or Rob was right in previous episodes that he's not that bad Rose is really bratty especially towards him because mm-hmm. um, he's a and, jerk and, and that's he's driving awful. him to become as evil as he does at the end maybe yeah we haven't seen him be jerky until towards until the table flipping he was super Thank condescending towards her to, 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 during those he, meals. Yeah, he didn't he like her. her. He didn't. She kept leaving them. She kept running out of the meals. Uh, the thing that makes me feel better is, I know everyone, ninety nine percent of the people listening to this are just like, I can't believe Duff and Joe have to put up with this. What? <laughs> Cal's the most transparently villainous character in this movie. Why are you trying oh, to Love make him Joy. more? Compl- Lovejoy is way worse. Lovejoy is just turning a point. check. Lovejoy is Cal by extension. Lovejoy is just like he's just trying he's to not, earn a living. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that also, doesn't love, work Lovejoy, when you're just beating. <laughs> like, come on. Also, come on. Lo- for all intents and he's purposes, he's more evil than Cal. Cal's telling him to do this stuff. And for all intents and purposes, Lovejoy is not a character. He's just an extension of Cal's power and wealth. He could easily just as easily be played by a German Shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> That's not untrue. Yeah. <laughs> like, what have we learned about Lovejoy except that he might have been a cop? Which we only find out in the deleted scene. Uh, I think they still mention the cop thing, but yeah, we don't we don't hear that dialogue about Lovejoy saving Cal from like I, I, embarrassment. 
I think we're splitting hairs here. I think essentially Purge and I both agree that Cal is a villain and a bad guy, but we kind of disagree in that we think that there's a situation that could occur on the ship where that maybe wouldn't have happened, or at least he wouldn't have gone as he wouldn't have broke bad as 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 much as he was. He went from like spoiled, like spoiled rich kid to like villain, which there's a difference between those yeah. two. May I make an argument between spoiled rich kids and and uh, what? No, I'm just going to present an argument here. Oh, okay. If Cal was played by Sean Penn, you guys wouldn't be saying any of this stuff. You're just saying this <laughs> yeah. because you like Billy Zane. Maybe. That could be true. Yeah, that's possible. Could it's be really and charming. is true. Mm-hmm. It's because Billy Zane's good looking, even with his ridic- ridiculous wig. Even and eyebrows. And, <laughs> and Sean Penn's just a dead man walking out there. Mm. <laughs> it's all just a game to him. Yep. <laughs> All right, I I I have a I have a question that may be lewd. Are you guys okay with it? Is it about abortion? No, it's not about abortion. I'll take a ride down that Mystic River. Electric horses. <laughs> okay, you can hear the crew as a lifeboat lowers. Someone yells, "Quote, watch that trim." <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Now trim is my favorite antiquated term for a woman's sexual organs. Trim is good. Well, so I guess the main reason I'm bringing this up is I have a story. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> the first time About I went trim? to <laughs> kind of. <laughs> the first time I went to a concert, I think we should be was, recording this. Is this locker room talk? No, yeah. this, this is this is this is heart to heart right here, heart to heart. First time I went to a concert, I believe it was Warp Tour in the late nineties. Uh, and good I was trim old, at that concert. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> know this an, story. It was an overnight show. Like it was a show, and then and then we stayed. We camped with a friend of mine and his brother in like the same area next door to where the the festival was. First show I've ever been to. I don't even like most music that was there, but I just decided to go. And uh, I'm a good kid. I was a good kid then. Super good kid. Didn't drink. Didn't do anything wrong. Like like Joe mentioned earlier this week, a rule follower. I still am a rule follower to be honest. And uh, and I came home. And uh, I got there, and my I was wearing sunglasses because I wanted to be cool. They were a pair of fossil sunglasses. And uh, the the following two interactions occurred. I came home, and my mom asked me to take my sunglasses off. And I took them off, and she wanted to look in my eyes and make sure I wasn't whatever, hungover, on, high. On, on the pot. On the pot. <laughs> who knows, right? Like, who knows? Like, and then my dad, after my mom walked away and saw that my <laughs> eyes were fine because I'm a nerd, my dad, who is a World War II vet. Classic Ralph here. Classic Ralph, a man better than all three of us combined, mm-hmm. said to me, in all sincerity, did you get any poontang? <laughs> <laughs> he already knew the answer to that. Oh. At which point, I had to say no, and... 
I, I, although, although, and I think Joe knows the story, I did get the closest I had ever gotten in high school at that at that festival. Oh, no. Just and by I'll, physical proximity. You mean. Pretty much. I'll tell you what happened. It's a we fitting metaphor for Rob's, for a yes. lot of things. At the campground, I, uh, uh, my friends, they were young, they were my age, they were drinking, they're cool dudes. I'm not a cool dude, I didn't do that. And so I was drinking my soda pop. And then I had to go use the bathroom, so I went to one of the outdoor bathrooms, and it was pretty dark. It was, you know, middle of the night. And I go to open up the uh, portable bathroom door, and as I start to open it, it kind of, like, doesn't open all the way, but it's clearly not locked. Oh, God. <laughs> so I thought, maybe this is jammed. <laughs> so I grabbed Something's on with... jammed. <laughs> so I grabbed on with both hands, oh, and I no. pulled open the door. Oh, no. Oh, no. As I pulled open the door, I screamed because I thought <laughs> I thought a bat had flown out of it because I was so startled. But what had happened is the girl on the other side had been holding the door shut. <laughs> and when I pulled it, it pulled this woman, girl, I don't know, this woman out of the bathroom. And she just tumbled into the dirt and sand in front of me, just pants and underwear around her ankles. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and I awful. was just like, I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And she just stood up and just pulled up her underwear and pants. And goes, that's okay, and then just stumbled away. <laughs> that is a that is a veteran of the Vans Warp Tour scene, right? There. Yes. <laughs> wow. So what my dad said. Did you get any poontang? And then you just, in slow motion in your mind, there's black and white footage of this girl with pink hair and a, <laughs> and a good Charlotte shirt sprawled out in the dust. I was so... <laughs> trying to I take a so, piss. So wait, you wait. literally yanked this woman out of the poor body and she just said, that's okay. That's okay. I was... Uh, listen, oh Bridget, I was so... I was so genuine with my my scream and my response. Yeah. There's no way she could have thought it was real because when right I then. when I saw her arms, I thought like I thought it was a bat, and I <laughs> and I I was like, ah! and I just screamed, <laughs> and I jumped back, and she just landed in a like a big bunch of sand, like dirt that was there, and I just I mean immediately was like, I'm so sorry, because that was not what was in my head. I was just like, I've had too much root beer. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, her version of the story that she tells people now? Oh, my God. Yeah, this drunk guy stumbled up to the porta potty and he wouldn't listen to me when I said someone was in there. (laughs) Little did she know, all you had was a lot of dad's root beer. (laughs) This this kid who looked like powder, like, pulled me out of the porta potty (laughs) You ever seen Doogie Howser? That guy just pulled me right out. (laughs) All I saw was a flash of white from the pail. Harry Potter flicked his wand, and I flew off of the toilet seat. He's all messed up on butterbeer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So this minute ends with Rose starting to have second thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my question I had here was, do you think she can tell by their faces that there was an interaction that changed? Maybe she can read lips and she saw what Cal said, or does she just realize, I got to get out of here. This is a bad idea. So I really enjoyed, like, the couple minutes before this and then here in this minute when she starts looking around, like, 
we're kind of watching again from Rose's perspective, right? And you're it's tying it back to her telling the story. You're like watching her mind work. Sure. And I think she's really smart and like I think she puts all these things together really quickly. She knows exactly what's happening. That she'll never see Jack again. Yeah. And she's I, watching, she keeps watching before she got on the boat too, she was watching that dad say goodbye to his family. Yeah. And it's like the wheels were spinning, but you're in this position of like, oh my god, I have to make a choice right now. So she gets on the boat and now she's like, No, like I, I know don't what's even, happening here. I, I don't think she was even <clears throat> thinking about, you know, whether there actually was a deal or not. I think she just loved Jack so much that, like she says, coming up, you jump, I jump. So she's like, if I don't want to die without Jack, or I don't want to, I don't want to live or die without Jack. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live without you. <laughs> um, that's all I have for this minute. Well, Bridget had lots of thoughts. So let's her, let I her know. keep going. Yeah. I got a lot of them in. So there's, um, it's interesting. Did you notice? So that dad who in the minute or two before this is saying goodbye to his kids and his wife. Um, yeah. he's like right behind he's just hanging Jack, out. but he stays in perfect character back there. And when you watch just a minute over and over again, you start noticing these details <laughs> as yes. you guys know, it's amazing. Uh, so you could, obviously the attention is on Jack and Cal, but you start paying attention to him and kind of tuning them out, and, like, the pain on his face stood out to me so much. And you, and, yeah. and then it got me thinking, also, when they're saying goodbye to people going on the lifeboat, Kate get, or Rose getting on that life, lifeboat, like, that's still terrifying. You don't know that you're going to survive just because you're on that boat, right? You're in this little tiny boat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. That's being... With no help Lowered, in sight. very yeah. rickety. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've People watched, are jumping off the boat right, next to you. You've watched That's all kind of, this happen. It's terrifying. Um, I also, just think Rose, watching that actor, though, is it had a big impact, and, and you could miss it, because obviously it's not what that scene is about, but yeah. he held the that background so work. well. Mm-hmm. Well done on that guy. Oh, yeah. I was also going to add that Rose has been uh, chest deep in water for a good 15 20 minutes and is now outside where it's like 35 degrees that's true but nobody really looks cold uh she looks pretty pale though yes she's very i did i was gonna note that starting from this point on kate winslet looks really cold (laughs) i know that is i mean yeah I, i was gonna say that's an understatement but like you just look at her, it's like oh she has lost all color in her face she is like you can't fake that in post. Yeah, like it, it that is authentic cold. Yeah. Bridget, do you have anything else on this minute, or anything else before we ask you about your Titanic story? Oh, we can do my Titanic story. That's pretty good. All right. Well, let's hear it. What What is your Titanic story? You mentioned that you were a you were a Cal Stan immediately to be a contrarian. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I always like the not the big star, right? Um, so, in preparation for today, I, I keep movie tickets. Like, I just save them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a saver of my movie tickets. I was like, I wonder if I have my Titanic movie ticket someplace. So, I went and looked around, and I found it. Um, 
So I can tell you exactly when I saw it. Yes. Let's hear it. Let's hear <laughs> I saw what, it on uh, Saturday, March 21st, 1998 at 8 p.m. A little late. A little late to it. Yes. <laughs> like I said, though, I, was, I just didn't get it. I was like, this movie doesn't look that good. Leonardo DiCaprio is not all that. I'm not interested, right? I just want to point out how wild it is, like, that date. Like, you're still, like, that movie's been out for, like, four months. Yeah. And, like, Sweet. you're still able to go, like, see it. It's not like at a budget theater. It's still just, nope, like. it was at Marcus South Shore in Milwaukee. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, so what day did you say it was? March 21st. So it was two days before the Oscars that I saw it. Uh, so oh, okay. It was still the number one movie in America. God, that's insane. Yeah, so it was a totally sold-out theater, and this was before, like, the good chairs and the stadium seating, right? Yeah, uh, sure. And... Again, so I went with my mom and my sister because we're like, what is the hype? These Oscars are coming up. We should see it, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so we go, and we're not really realizing that it would be sold out. So we're in, like, the second row or something, really oh close up. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I actually talked to my mom and sister yesterday and today to hear their side of the story, and you should probably have them on to tell it because they're much funnier at it. But... Uh, hmm. They both got really sick. <laughs> um, my sister has really bad motion sickness. Okay. And almost instantly, I asked her, I'm like, what point in the movie did it start? And she's like, as soon as I saw the ship. So from the moment that you see Titanic wow. through the rest of the hours of the film, she is like head in her lab, like just super She She really has never actually seen the movie because she and didn't That's five it. hours. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she's never she's never gone back to watch it either. So she's never really seen it, even though she sat through that entire showing. She's heard it, right? Maybe. <laughs> um, she does remember Jack holding onto that door at the end, though, as of course, and how ridiculous that is. Um, my mother and I, I did get permission to share this. Um, <laughs> so my sister's seasick through the entirety of the film. My mother also got sick, um, more in the intestinal area (laughs) (laughs) during this movie. Now, you can imagine, though, um, you have the need to use the restroom quickly, and you're in a packed theater of people watching Titanic. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were on an end that went up to a wall, so you could only get out by walking across, like, you know, five other people or whatever. Um, so she didn't get up. <laughs> I apparently was just oblivious to this. I knew all of this after the fact, but um, I just sat and enjoyed the right. Yeah, no, I was thirteen. Yeah. I was like, whatever. I'm, I'm watching this this movie, and Billy Zane is hot. So, <laughs> um, but to this day, you say the word Titanic to my sister, and she's just like, "Oh my god, this is the worst movie." And I was like, "You've never even seen it, though." Yeah. But it's like the, it's the worst movie. Um, I actually don't think either one of them would actually enjoy it. But uh, but yeah, for me, I, I sort of just went it went to see it because of all the hype. I already knew that Jack died because I was in middle school. All the girls are talking about it, right? Um, sure. I didn't really like it. I still don't. However, if I if I catch it like flipping through channels or something, it instantly grabs me, and I can't stop watching it. Yeah. And I don't even like it very much. <laughs> it, it, but it's there's something about it that really like just grabs you quickly. Yeah, the, it definitely passes that cable movie test. If you're flipping through the channels, Absolutely. and you're like, oh, 
I'll stick around here for a little bit. I have three more hours to kill with commercials. Right. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, I know the other thing I was going to say real quick. You mentioned Goodwill Hunting. So Goodwill Hunting is one of my favorite movies ever, um, which usually I get groans about that. But I loved it. So Titanic, to me, was always just the movie that stole Goodwill Hunting's Oscars. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I've never... I've never been quite a big fan. <laughs> I think I, I think that's somewhat common, and I know that uh, Heart of the Ocean Tim had the same kind of thing with L.A. Confidential. Mm-hmm. That was a popular one that year. It's it's fine to love all of them. I like Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Well, Bridget, do you have anything else that you want to tell you want to, you want to tell our listeners before we uh, before we wrap this up? Do you have any podcasts you want to plug? <laughs> I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, <laughs> they look like a lot of work. <laughs> um, no, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks, thanks so much. Thanks for being on. Yeah, good. thanks for being on. And uh, and listeners, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, minute one thirty nine. It's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs>